So what about today? What's our what's our topic for today? So today's topic is about ways of improving productivity and increasing our output. And so we can divide it into two sort of categories. One, you know, just being productive with your nine to five or with your side hustle, or maybe you've taken the plunge and started your own thing. Kudos, if that's the case. Um, But then the other side of that too is if you're more of a creative type and, you know, your, your job is to create content or mm. create some masterpiece or whatever it might be, how do you, you know, get out of that creativity desert, which is what I like to call it, because that's how it feels when you're right. in this, like, drought. Um, the creative fluid is not, like, coming not to flowing. you. It's not flowing. Yeah. So what do you do in that case? Because that's also a, a type of productivity, right? Creativity mm-hmm. um, is almost like a subset of that. So that's what we're talking about today, increasing productivity in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's very important, uh, obviously, because, you know, what is productivity? In my mind, productivity is the ability to get more done in a fixed amount of time. And uh, I've always held that very close to heart because uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very time sensitive, right? And so... <laughs> As she knows, I'm constantly figuring out, okay, how long is this going to take me? How long is it going to take me? And to the extent that I can get things done faster, more efficiently, uh, I have a lot more of my day free to do other things that I want to do. Um, And so for me, productivity is about uh, getting as much as I can done in a certain amount of time. But I think what's nice is you brought up the other side of productivity, which is for some people... You know, it's it's more about just being able to get stuff done because if you're in this creative desert, as you're saying, uh, you want to be productive and you have all the time that you need, but you just you're having trouble getting there. Just for some reason, the ideas aren't coming, um, uh, the thoughts are just not flowing. So I think you know you can you can take either position on on what productivity means to you in either context. I find that uh, the strategies we discuss in the video that you released uh, the other week and what we're going to discuss today are very, very relevant. Exactly. So one of the things I like to do when I'm sort of, you know, trying to get a lot done within a certain amount of time, um, let's start with a day, right? If if I want to get a bunch of items off of my to-do list done in a day, how do I approach it? Well, I think one of the most daunting things is having all of these to-dos somewhere on a piece of paper or in a virtual document or in your mind, just kind of like hanging out and having a party, (laughs) right? Um, So one way to kind of diminish that anxiety from having all these things floating around that you know you need to get done personally and professionally is to really come up with a game plan, right? So have some sort of plan of attack. For example, let's say today is Friday, right? You might have to do laundry, maybe you're going to do some gardening, and you have to get a big project proposal out the door. So, and then there's a bunch of other stuff. But those are the three things that you really want to do today. Focus on that, have that be your game plan, and then if you get other stuff done, that's just icing on the cake, right? So really coming up with a game plan, and instead of, you know, just picking from the floating items that are somewhere in the ether, you really... Focus your attention on the three 
top priority. So if you don't know what that is, think about what needs your attention right away. Mm. But also, like, if you have a huge stack of laundry, a huge laundry pile, you know that that's something that you need to address as well. Yeah, right? so I, I like that for two reasons. One is uh, by, by having a game plan, you basically... Uh, you don't need to worry about what needs to get done because that's already been established. Exactly. Right? It's a system you're establishing. It's a system, right? And and I'm all about systems. And uh, by, by knowing ahead of time what it is you need to get done, uh, you save some time and some cognitive uh, load uh, in terms of having to decide. Yes. And, and when it comes to that, developing that game plan the day before, yes. I find is, is probably the, the most effective for me because if you do it the day of, you're already starting to feel the pressure of the day way down on you, right? You're starting to feel, um, you know, okay, oh, shoot, it's already 9.30. What have I gotten done? What do I still need to get done? Right. If um, you instead spend the last part of your previous day setting up a game plan for yeah. the next day, mm -hmm. uh, you, you can go into that day and wake up feeling uh, motivated and, and clear and what it is you need to get done. Exactly. So I really like the game plan, and yep. I really like planning for that game plan. The uh, night before. The night before, or the day, you know, the afternoon before, whenever, whenever you sort of uh, are planning to sign off. You want to do right before you sign off. Um, the second part of what I really liked about what you said was uh, that you have three main things, right? Because one's probably not enough, unless it's one very big specific thing. Right. In which case, you should probably break it up. Into break three. it into things, yep. But once you get past three, right, if you have five or six or eight things on your to-do list, uh, it gets difficult because um, you run into that situation where uh, you're working on one thing, but you know you have seven more things to do. Oh, and yeah. so you try and rush that job or maybe start to skip things, right? Three is kind of like that sweet spot where right. it's just enough uh, that uh, it's going to keep you busy, but not so many that it's going to overwhelm you. Right. So I really like how you contain it to just those three. Exactly. Right. Um, and then if you get through them, sure, move on to the next thing. Right. But uh, starting with those three is a, is a great, great approach. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, like we said, are working from home and virtual calls are becoming even more and more um commonplace right we we might have like five or six of them scheduled back to back and so we're finding right as a collective unit we um that we're might, we might be experiencing zoom fatigue right mm -hmm. that's this like term for being really tired with video calls back to back because they can yeah. be very draining um, especially if the connection is not super crisp and you're trying to decipher, you know, what's going on in the image. So to minimize Zoom fatigue or to eliminate it entirely, think about, think strategically about what calls need to be done virtually over Zoom mm. or Skype or whatever third party, you know, uh, video chat software you use, as opposed to a quick email or even a phone call. Because if you think about it, a phone call is way less demanding on our attention than a video call is. Right. Because there's, it's just le fewer uh, communication codes to sort of yeah. unpack. I would say less demanding on our brains, maybe. Yeah. I think you can have the same amount of attention, but you don't have to use as much of your brain to, to 
achieve that attention. Maybe. Exactly. So we we find that we're less fatigued from it. Exactly. Yeah. So think really about you know, and then in turn that will you know take a hit to your productivity. So we don't want that to happen. So think about you know what calls really do need to happen in a virtual way as opposed to a phone call or an email. And if you do have to do the virtual, really be as productive and efficient as you can with it, right? Yes, there's space for small talk. Yes, there's time to, you know, crack a joke or so because we're human. We need that, you know, humanity in these digital interactions. Human connection. Exactly. Yeah. But really, if you're thinking about your productivity, you want to carefully decide, you know, how effective can you be within a short period of time? Totally. And, right? and going back to your, your uh, first point about productivity, the same applies with this game plan, right? If you're going to get on a call, you want a game plan for that call. Totally. Um, whether it's on Zoom or just on the phone. Yeah. Um, by having a game plan, uh, you can quickly get through what you need to get through. And more importantly, you don't miss anything that you intended to get through. Right. Um, so game plans also apply to calls and uh, they, they can really help uh, streamline uh, the, the, the time that you spend. Because what's interesting yeah. with a call is um, it has a multiplying effect mm. on time consumed, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's not just your time. Suddenly, it's also the person on the other end of the call. Exactly. And if you're having a group call, then oh, it's yeah. everyone's time, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And so um, that, that, that's what I mean by multiplying effects. So the, the importance of using uh, those calls, the time on those calls efficiently is very important. The same way we take you know these lives very seriously because you all are listening and yeah. we want to make sure we're using your time effectively as well, right? Absolutely. You're choosing to spend time yeah. uh, with us, which which we very much appreciate, and um, you know we want to make that as as valuable as possible. Um, and so uh, yeah, with with calls, you want that game plan going in so that uh, when you're going through what it is you, you go through, you get through it all, you get through it all, um, you know in as concise a manner as possible uh, so yep. that everyone could on, can get on with their day. Exactly. Um, you know, you mentioned the uh, fatigue with Zoom um, and, and any video call Anything, software, right? right? Skype, um, Microsoft has their own. So it was actually Adobe Skype Connect. Yeah. Adobe Connect. Yeah. <laughs> no one uses Adobe Connect, yeah. but I love that you keep bringing it up. It's out there. Just trying to be inclusive. Yeah, yeah. WebEx is, is a main one for yeah. um, a lot of big corporations. But in any event, um, what they've discovered is, and I think maybe it's WebEx. They, I can't remember who who uh, is is launching this. What they discovered is that um, if you position people, the images of people. Let's say you have a call with twenty people. Oh, so if, many. If you can position um, all their little images in this auditorium style mm -hmm. view, mm -hmm. somehow that's easier on our brains as opposed to viewing everyone in gallery mode. Yeah, exactly. So gallery mode. Um, it's when you have all of the participants, you can view them simultaneously. Right, so it's like have, one sort of grid yeah. of faces. And that's a lot of cognitive load. And your mind is all over the place because yeah. you're looking up here, then you're looking there and down here. Totally exhausting. Um, by doing this auditorium style, uh, somehow uh, it's easier on the brain, maybe because you can see them all in, in a more compressed way. Right, well, I think what happens also is, I know what happens is when the speaker is taking their turn, mm. holding the floor, only their image pops up. So it looks like you're, it feels to your brain, you register that as a one-on-one -on -one conversation right. as opposed to talking to 
you know, 20 people, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it just, you know, it's, it's a way of being strategic about how much uh, stimulation your brain can handle because, again, if you are, you know, paying attention to something for prolonged periods of time, then you might, you know, be a little bit uh, tired or burnt out for the rest of the productivity that you want right. to, you know, the output that you want to, you know, produce. Right. Um, Particularly if, if what it is you're paying attention to is requiring a lot of processing. And anytime you're in, engaging with people, that requires a lot of processing, yeah. right? You, you'll probably notice that um, when you talk to people, uh, you might start to uh, sweat a little bit or that, um, you know, after the conversation, uh, you feel a little bit drained. Um, that's more common among introverts than, than extroverts. But um, the point is that the process of engaging with people is actually pretty energy uh, intensive. Yes. Right? Because you have to think so much about what it is you're saying, how they're interpreting it, um, how they're responding, right? Um, there's just a lot and a lot of calculation going on. So you need to be mindful of that. Uh, in the course of your day. If your job involves constant interaction, you've probably developed more of those muscles um, and have a little more endurance. But if you're someone who doesn't do a lot of interacting, um, remember that on the, in, in, during the times that you are interacting with people, uh, that's gonna be a, a bit of a, a drain on your energy. And so uh, make sure that uh, you sort of organize your day accordingly. You don't want to schedule something that is going to take a lot of focus and energy right after a call right? because you might need a little recovery exactly. uh, between that, those two activities. And I love that too because that gives us time to schedule in a couple of little breaks here and there throughout the day. So what does a break look like? Well, for everyone, it's a little bit different, right? So personally, I like, you know, maybe taking a little walk um, or doing some sort of like uh, creative thing, like maybe like a watercolor or a little doodle or chatting with, you know, family and friends, um, something that takes my mind off of work, right? Um, maybe making some tea or a nice hot beverage. <laughs> I love that. So, you know, finding ways to have a little bit of fun, right? And that, that's not to say you don't have fun with what you're doing. I mean, I, I certainly do. Um, but it's about kind of releasing the tension so that you can relax your brain in order to produce more and better and more efficiently. Absolutely, right. yeah. Your brain uh, uses different areas, right? Different different synapses for different activities yeah. and different parts of your brain, right? Um, there's a common misconception, for example, that when you go to sleep, your brain shuts down. Uh, that couldn't be more wrong. In fact, when you go to sleep, your brain lights up uh, in ways that it doesn't when it's awake. Um, and so your brain is very active when you're sleeping. It's just a different part of your brain. And so when you take a break, like you're suggesting, yeah. what you're doing is um, you're changing which parts of the brain that you use. So if you've been working on uh, a proposal or you're putting together you know, a pitch deck, pitch deck in PowerPoint, um, you switch to, like you're saying, doing a little drawing yeah. uh, or talking to a friend Taking um, a little walk. Taking a walk. All of these things use different parts of your brain. And so whatever it was that you were using to put together that pitch, uh, that gets a rest, and you instead use another part of your brain. So it's not about shutting it down so much as it's just stimulating different parts 
Um, it's very similar to weightlifting, right? If you're if you're weightlifting and you want to be efficient with your time, yeah. um, you don't just do five sets of squats back to back. You do a set of squats, and then you know you you weave in uh, a set of deadlifts, which use more of the the back of your leg, and then back to the squats, yeah. right? right? Or you do a bicep tricep flip. But the point is, um, you alternate the muscles, and when you turn them off and on again, off and on again, you give them a little bit of break. Uh, and when they're back on, you can get the most juice out of them. Exactly. Yeah. So it's about switching gears. Um, and yes, the time under tension can be very uh, beneficial and boost our productivity. But there's also a place for adding some, you know, some breaks here and there. And just, uh, you know, like a, a lever, you like mm-hmm. switch on and off kind of thing. A switch, rather. Um, but I want to talk about the time under tension. So another strategy for boosting productivity is basically time under tension. And what by that, I mean coming up with... Speaking of gyms. I know, exactly. All these uh, you know workout analogies. What are you going to do? Um, something we enjoy. So, and hopefully it resonates with you as well. Um, but the idea behind this is, you know, okay, so to take it, maybe you can explain the, the exercise right. so in, behind that. Right, in, so in, yeah. in, in a workout context, time under tension means... Uh, the duration of time under which your muscles are being stressed, right? So if you're doing one rep, during the contraction period and the release, there's time under tension. And then when, when you're not lifting the weight and, and it's just loosening your hand, that's, there's no tension, right? Or when you're taking a break between sets, no tension. Exactly. So the time under tension is the time during which the muscle is contracted and doing the work. Right. And so sometimes if you... In the exercise context, the training context, if you are aiming for time under tension, you want to exhaust that muscle group within right. a certain amount of time. So maybe you're going to do, um, I don't know, burpees and then like jumping jacks mm-hmm. back to back, right? Because that's kind of using similar muscle groups. So in the productivity context, the way I like to think about time under tension um, is coming up with a your a fake due date for something. Right. So maybe it's within that same day. So maybe you have a project proposal that you need to write and it's not really due until, you know, a few months out from today. However, you really want to get the ball rolling with it. You want to start being productive with that project. So maybe for time under tension, you give yourself a fake due date of 3 p.m. that day. Right? Mm. You give yourself a very constricted amount of space where you're going to push it so far you're going to exhaust those brain muscles right and maybe your hand is going to start cramping too right (laughs) um and so that's the way i like to think about time under tension in a productivity context because it it forces you to really focus right instead of you know thinking well i have time i'm going to procrastinate right i have three months to do this well yes but if you want to be productive and see how far you can get then push yourself so right? concentrating the work into uh, a discrete period of time. Yes. And, and making most of that. Yeah. I like that too because um, what it does is it uh, ensures that you're not going to burn out, right? You've, you've set a clear start and end period, yeah. right? This is going to be my time under tension. And during that, I'm going to make the most of it, yeah. right? Being very deliberate uh, to be as productive as possible. 
And then you know that there's going to be a break after that. And by taking that break, you give your mind a chance to recover. Right. And, uh, you know, the next time you get to something in that context, you're actually be a little stronger too because you've been through it and you've already done a few reps. Right. right? And so you've you, developed you, the stamina and exactly, the endurance. Exactly. The cognitive endurance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So try that out too because that's a really fun way of ramping up your productivity. Um, but what about, you know, for the creative types that don't necessarily have anyone they report to, they, you know, um, they want to produce, but maybe they find themselves in a creative desert. Right. Like I like to call it. What do you do then? Um, one of the things that I really like, and this is something that you brought to my attention years mm. ago, um, it's a strategy that James Altucher uses. Um, for, he's a prolific writer and yeah james altucher's uh sort of a um what do you call it a non-conformist uh lifestyle blogger a uh, very interesting guy yeah uh a little wacky at times <laughs> but he's got some fun content if you want to yeah. you know, give him a sample so um his way of getting out of that creative desert is by reading and I don't know if he's a voracious reader by nature, by, you know, like an, an innate reader in, in right, a sense. Right. Like, but uh, his point is if you just read and read and read and read, that'll really help you take your mind off of, you know, not being able to produce something and help you focus your energy on, you know, these beautifully written books and, you know, works of art. Um, to get your mind in a good place again to then produce. And it's very similar to the video that we put out about being careful about your input, mm -hmm. right, during those times because you want to feed your brain and your soul with high-quality input in order to then produce the output that you seek to produce. Yeah, right? I, I think reading can be a, a terrific uh, way to to rekindle um, the creative juices. Uh, we were talking before about how certain activities stimulate cer stimulate certain parts of your brain. Yeah. When you read, your imagination, right, the, the way that you're transported by the words and the narrative, um, stimulate stimulate your brain as well. And it's kind of like um, um, when you are. Basically, when, when people try to rejuvenate um, muscles in a hand, let's say you've become paralyzed, right? And you want to reactivate the muscles in your hand so that you can start to open and close your hand again. Mm -hmm. What they'll do is they'll send little electric pulses uh. to the parts of your brain where your hands normally are moved by, right? The motor mm -hmm. control regions. And so by stimulating those parts of the brain with electric pulses, slowly your hands start to move. And it reminds your hands... Uh, it reminds your body and your brain what that what feels it, like, what that feels like mm. right? And it starts to get things going again. Reading can be very similar in that you, you can stimulate the parts of the brain that you want to use and activate without actually doing the thing because instead you're reading about it and you're imagining it and that's almost as good as doing it. Yeah. And that's why reading can be such a powerful tool for learning how to do things and yeah. understanding the world. Um, but also for creativity, right? Because you can stimulate the parts of the brain that you would use for your creative process. And you can do it by leaning on the author to help sort of activate those parts of the brain. Yeah. Right. So um, reading is super powerful um, and, and it can be highly effective um, at, at, at sort of stimulating the brain. 
you know, I was thinking about the, what's funny is, I think the opposite is also true. Okay. And maybe you're planning to get to this. Yeah. Um, but uh, if so, I'm going to jump the gun for you. Go ahead, yeah. Um, rather than reading, so reading is one way to do it. Definitely. The other way to do it is to actually empty your mind. Okay. Right? So instead of, uh, reading is one way because you fill your mind and it stimulates your brain. Sometimes the exact opposite can be helpful. Mm. So instead of putting more into your head, your goal is instead to get as much out of your head as possible. Okay, so how do you do that? Well, uh, the most conventional way to do it would be uh, something like meditation, right? Okay. Something where it's funny. I was going to get to that. Okay. Great. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Same right? wavelength. So um, you know, clearing your head um, and and uh, freeing up space for your 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 body to just be present in the moment. Yeah. Um, that can help your uh, mind because a lot of times creativity blockage has to do with there being just too much on your mind. Yeah. And there's too much you can't. Thoughts racing. Yeah. Oh, you know. It can get very overwhelming, right, when we have all these things that we're thinking about at the same time. Exactly. So if you can if you can create some space for that yeah. um, and, and, and allow your brain to relax um, and return to a more specific focus, uh, that can be very effective. I love that. Yeah. So some of the ways that I find... Uh, some activities I like to do when I need to. Have, what did you say exactly? What was well, that? You can clear your mind. Yeah, clearing your mind. Yeah, emptying out your your cognitive brain. rest. Yeah, cognitive rest, diminishing cognitive load, uh, pressing pause. Basically, there are a couple of things I like to do. Um, one of the things, okay, sure, is meditation. I think it's great, and I love. Uh, there's actually a specific meditation guide. That I love. Um, his name is David G. David G. And he's on Spotify he's and also on YouTube. So it's David and then no space J I. Yeah. And he's fantastic. He looks I, a little bit like Santa Claus. He looks like Santa Claus, and it's just so wonderful. But he's got this warm, rich voice. Yeah. Speaks in such a calming tone. Yeah, he's like you know your meditation grandpa. Yeah, David G is great. And you know it's really great to just. Turn, shut out all the other noise and just focus on that. And he has, a, like you said, very, a very soothing voice. So check him out. That's one one of the many meditation guides. Tara Brock is also really great. Yeah. And she has yeah. guided meditations on YouTube. So you can. If you want some of the more like uh, scientific and, and reason logic based approach to, to meditation, Sam Harris. Oh, yeah. Has a really good uh, program called uh, Waking Up. So I think that's a paid app, but you can, there's some free, there's some free versions. Um, but you know, doing things like going on a walk or even taking a shower, you know, when thoughts come to you in the shower, it's, it's because you're just relaxing. You're full on in like Zen mode, relaxation mode, or even doing something like putting the dishes away, something really meditative and repetitive where you're, it's almost automatic. You're not thinking about that activity. So, but it's still calming, right? Some people talk about, you know, house cleaning and like, you know, scrubbing their floors to really get that uh, rest, right? Yeah. So your body's doing something, but your mind is kind of almost switched off um, and allowing... At least switched off from the stuff that you're normally yeah, concerned with. I think that's a better way of, of yeah. describing it because it's not like you're totally not paying attention, but it's more of that you're... You're not stressed in the way that you might be if you're just sitting and trying to like 
you're stressing about not being productive or you're not, you know, creating the output that you want. Totally. Right? Yeah. Yeah. If think about it like um, a laptop, right? Mm. When you open a lot of programs on the laptop, oh, yeah. <laughs> the laptop starts to slow down, right? And it's not able to do run any of the programs at all because it's got 15 going and they're all taking up RAM and CPU. And so uh, the, the laptop starts to get really stuttery. The same thing happens to your brain, right? If you have a lot of applications opening your head, you know, I'm working on this, I'm worried about that, I'm hungry, uh, you know, all these different things firing, uh, the, the, you know, the operating system in your brain starts to get jagged and hanging. And so uh, by closing a lot of those programs in your brain, um, you free up a lot of random access memory uh, for that specific task that you want to focus on. I love that. I love yeah. the computer analogies. That yeah, you a lot of analogies with. today. Yeah. Hopefully they're helpful. They're fun. Metaphors are a really great way of actually communicating with people who uh, interpret the world in a auditory, kinesthetic, and yeah. visual way. Which is definitely my, so, my approach. Yeah, so it, it can really increase the uh, communicative power of mm. what you're trying to say. So metaphors are great. More on that later. Um, <laughs> but but seriously, right, there, there are so many different ways of giving, so giving your mind a rest so that you can be more productive. And also, you know, finding finding ways of, you know, um, being as effective as you can with the communication channel that you're, you know, using in the moment. So the things like that we talked about, Zoom fatigue and whatnot. Yep. Um, and also, maybe you don't have to have a three-hour meeting. Uh, maybe it can be a 20-minute meeting to get things done because you have an awesome game plan that you've taken time to write and to create. Um, and also, you know, to relax a little and have some fun, right? Whatever fun looks like to you. Um, there's, there's lots of things that we can do to be social, even in a virtual way um, or even in a socially distancing safe way yeah. um, to really reset. Because on one hand, you know, it is very tiring to interact with people if you are an introvert or even an ambivert, which is both introvert and, and extrovert. But then there's also, you know, so much stimulation that we can get from like talking to our friends and our family that is also very relaxing and to recharge you, Yeah. right? So yeah. it's about the balance, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, and it's hard to believe, but we're actually already at time. Wow. Um, and <laughs> I think I think the, the the key takeaway for me on this is that um, productivity really is a state of mind, mm. right? Um, yeah. It has to do with getting things done, but it comes from a state of mind. And so learning the type of uh, mind state that, that uh, facilitates productivity for you is very important. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've come up with a bunch of different ways you can do that. Um, the video you put out earlier this week is also an excellent resource for that mm. about uh, focusing on your inputs, right, to create a better output. Yeah. Um, there are many ways to do it. Figure out which state of mind is most uh, productive for you and then find ways to uh, induce that state of mind. Um, and by doing so, you'll be able to switch on your productivity like a switch. And uh, that's a really powerful skill to have and uh, is well worth uh, sort of learning how to, to accomplish. Exactly.